I just want to thank everybody I've ever met in my entire life. Hello, uh, fair people of the land of mm. podcast. The people who listen to us. Yes, welcome back to Happy New Year, belatedly, oh, yes. as it's almost March, <laughs> our first episode of May 19. Uh, I suppose it's, it's a day of Oscars. Yes, it's, a, it's an appropriate day to be recording. Yeah, I suppose so, because so. the last one was the best of the year and the Oscars are their own best of the year, mm. nominally. Yes. And and you've just come in the last 24 hours from a screening of something which isn't even out yet. So yes. we're very much <laughs> a couple of things. Would you care That's to... It. Take us away with Dragged Over Concrete? Um, yes, all right. Um, it was a very strange weekend. Mm-hmm. It felt like a very re- regressive weekend. <laughs> I went from seeing If Beale Street Could Talk, which is amazing and really, really beautiful, mm-hmm. look at uh, Race in America, to, yes, Dragged Over Concrete, which was essentially... Um, I think you were to say stars Mel Gibson and Vince yeah, Vaughn. So it's pretty yeah, much Mel Gibson to... and, and Vince Vaughn, <laughs> um, uh, who were... Uh, like ugh, there was so much wrong with this movie, but I, I sort of the most frustrating thing. So it's it's about these two American cops who pretty much get tired of not being paid enough for their job. Spend sort of the first hour of the movie. This is a two and a half hour movie, by Ooh, the way. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, yes, and also because it was a surprise film, no one knew it was going to be this long. So a lot of people missed their next film. Oh no! So this is like a terrible for so many reasons anyway I did think it was odd they put the surprise film story this year it's usually yeah, the last one yeah. the last, second last day maybe but it's very near the start this yeah, year yeah it's, it's it's kind of it's quite strange mm. I, I, I I mean I was kind of thinking that there could be a few reasons for it. it it seemed beforehand that they were maybe trying to streamline it a bit more right but now I'm kind of like, mm, do they know that the movie is going to be not very good? <laughs> what was your um, guess going in as a matter of interest? Yesterday, um, which is that, I, that soon? When's that you out? I well, I don't, I, I don't know how soon, but I was thinking it like kind of fit the bill because it's like I don't know, British uh, kind of mm, indie. Mm. Also, I'm sure it would probably be a crowd pleaser. Like I wouldn't be More happy so at all, but. <laughs> But, uh, well, okay, to be honest, I would have much preferred to see a movie about a guy who somehow wrote The Beatles over what I saw. It does, um, it does. But a lot of people I know were expecting it to be the new Jordan Peele film because obviously Get Out oh, was yeah, surprised like, yeah. years ago and I guess they'll be very disappointed that it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was hoping it would be us, but I was also kind of like, they're not going to do the same director I suppose in three not, years. No. And they didn't. <laughs> so, yay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Go but, on. Yeah, sorry. So this is a movie that has a two hour, I think it's actually two hours, 40 minutes runtime. It cannot. Okay. You can, yeah, I know go on. That can't yeah, be let's true. find out. <laughs> That's diabolical. <laughs> um, and the, probably the first hour is the two cops basically justifying why it's fine for them to want to... Apologies, it's dragged across concrete, not dragged over concrete. <laughs> yes, so that's the other thing. I keep getting the name wrong as well. But yeah, it's them basically justifying why they should become crooked cops. Um, and Mel Gibson's reason. Correct, an hour 40. Yes, there Two hours 40. Good Thank you. <laughs> Mel Gibson's reason for, for wanting to, you know, beco- like basically deal in drugs is because... Mm-hmm. His his wife has um, multiple cirrhosis, and his his daughter has been assaulted five times in the last year by by, by black boys in their neighborhood. Yeah. 
And his wife at one point says, I wish I wasn't, I, I didn't used to be racist, oh, but since God. moving here, like it's it's honestly that that blatant. It's that like just horrifically racist. Before we start, I said we wouldn't do one thing, but I can't help but say, and Liam Neeson wasn't cast in this film. Shocking. This is, yeah. Um, <laughs> to get it out there. Uh, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, that it, sounds it, comical. Almost, it's crazy. It, it, yeah, and I mean the, the thing is as well. Actually, the dialogue is so horrifically stilted. Mm-hmm. Like there's 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 one meeting with like the sort of chief of police where the, literally the cops are going, "Yes, well, um, <laughs> you can't do anything these days. Uh, you, you know, you you can't be seen beating up a crook because people will say, you know, people will say." That you have to be politically correct. It's like it's that level of dialogue, uh. and it's sort you know it's sort of waiting as well to go like, at some point is this going to, you know, re- reveal itself to have been a lampoon the whole time? Mm-hmm. But like, no, it's just like, yeah, we, there's loads of racism, continues to be racism, and but then it, it ends very racistly. <laughs> <laughs> it's consistent. Yes. <laughs> but what happens for? 160 Yeah. Well, seriously, it's like stakeouts for an hour. Then there's a horrific um, bank robbery uh-huh. where uh, it's, it's yeah, it's like mainly these like kind of <laughs> mainly uh, sort of European guys who are very trigger happy and just, uh-huh. just like spoilers, massacre everyone in the bank. Um, but also they're, they kind of have two kind of grunts I guess mm. um, who are the two black characters in the movie who like so they're kind of bad but to be honest they're sort of just like going along with it mm. so it's even just more horrible because it's sort of like yeah you know the, these characters are too aren't like able to follow their own moral compass yeah. Yeah. essentially um, although then spoiler alert again because I don't give a crap um, at the Few end at the end it turns out one of the black characters is actually really intelligent all along and this is sort of supposed to be like uh, like shock as in like wow look that black person was only using sort of like black dialect to you know to get one over on the white guys so he could get all the money oh. at the end so like it's I don't know how this to be honest I don't know how this came out in yeah, the surprise cinema. It's the guy who made Bone Tomahawk. Oh, that was quite good. It's probably, in hindsight, a bit <laughs> racist also, but it's Native Americans. Everything yeah. is racist. Uh, but that was a decent, not unboring film. It was like 90 minutes there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe there's an edit of this, which is, I'm not going to say not racist, <laughs> but like palatable. Yeah, slightly because, better judged. Yeah, because they cut out loads of the horrific dialogue. Like the dialogue and everything, um. But yeah, like it's just a pretty atrocious as it is. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So anyway, that's probably enough ranting about um, that movie. Well, but on that note, you were saying <laughs> off mic how you're you've noticed a bit of a trend uh, or a resurgence, I suppose, of the heist film. Yes, that is very and true. What, what you just said about this film, it does definitely seem like an outlier to that bunch, given that it is just two white guys. Yeah, but to be honest, it does sort of. I think it does kind of work as well because it is essentially them being like economic downturn mm-hmm. means like we're the ones getting the, you know, the short edge of the or the short stick or whatever. Does it blame other races on that though? I think ultimately sort of. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure it was like, you know, yeah. it's pieces of consistency. Well, I mean, like a lot of it is is Mel Gibson's family not being able to live in a, in a nice, i.e. white neighborhood. 
Um, so and essentially him having been in, at the same pay grade for the last 30 years. Right. So um, I think there is very much a sense of like, so, you know, white people are <laughs> getting, you know, elbowed out of the riches they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> God, like that. Uh, it sounds like parody, but it's it's not. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Because you were saying like compared to widows, even like widows. They are all ostensibly quite wealthy to start off, I suppose, mm. but they're also the point of that film is that they're people that get ignored because they're, yeah. they're black or they're women. And, and yeah, and their wives as well. Like Yeah. Who have yeah. Yeah. Um No, I mean I, I do agree. I, th- I think the other films mm. have more legitimacy yeah. like un- entirely. But um I mean, yeah, the same with like Ocean's Eight, um and uh Logan Lucky. Like the yeah. Definitely more about people who are at least more deserving of... <laughs> more deserving. Interestingly, all the characters in those films are also criminals at the start of the movies, whereas this one, they're yeah, cops. That's a good point. Huh. Yes. And yet they're the worst people of all. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is very 2019. <laughs> that, that's good. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't see it, please. Like, please, I, I'm fairly, sh- I'm kind of hoping that it might Can't not get a wide, well. yeah, um, might not get a wide release because it just seemed like everyone seemed to. Did anyone walk out? There was a couple of walkouts. Good. Um, it was actually uh, people were saying around the the uh, viewing quality, people were saying it was too too dark, and it was actually oh. a very dark movie, visually as much as anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know if there's walkouts for other reasons, mm. but um, one person started clapping at the end and then stopped very suddenly. <laughs> so that was kind of the yeah. The uh, what was the? We'll move on to this in a minute. What was the? Because uh, anyway, Grant Humphries gives a little intro speech. Oh at yeah. The start. Like what did she say to justify this one? Because yeah. usually her speeches are fairly well, uh, fairly level-headed, and yeah. they make a certain amount of sense. I'm struggling to see how she could justify this one. Yeah, actually, it was interesting thinking on it, but after seeing this, because I think she said essentially she was talking about one year where everyone thought it was going to be Beauty and the Beast, and yeah. it ended up being uh, was it Get Out? I think that year. Or like basically, that sounds about right, yeah. yeah. So she was essentially saying, hopefully you'll come to this with an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, also, she was saying, oh, and uh, there's um, you might all go home from this saying the catchphrase anchovies, because Vince Vaughn's character says anchovies a few times, but like it's literally in no way catchy or uh, okay. there's very little context for it. Right. Um, so it like to be honest, it kind of felt like. She didn't really know what to say. <laughs> or what memes are. Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like a disaster all around. Um, mm. huh, yes. I, I very, every year I'm always like, I should get a ticket for a surprise film. And every year I don't do it. I'm always like, oh, that's a pity. But yeah. this year I'm like, well, good. Yeah, <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be honest, it kind of put me off a little bit going back next oh, really? year. Wow. I mean, hopefully if they have realized like that was a terrible idea, let's get let's get something that people might like and maybe vet it to some degree before that I might. Cuz like I, don't I, re- know. I remember Whiskey Tango Foxtrot getting a sort of lukewarm reception mm. after it was over, but this sounds much worse. That the single yeah. clap is very funny. <laughs> yes. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> God. But anyway. there you go. So but I'm one, sure everything else going on in the Dublin Film Festival is very good. So please I have do a, check a short list. Out. I keep hearing of films and dying to see based on reviews people have kind of put up from the festival so far. So yes, brilliant. Yeah, and they're showing The Shining, I think, next week for the nice. hell of it, which I might go to. Yes, always good to see with the crowd. <laughs> um, 
But yes, from 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 that Liam Neeson jive uh, quickly onto Cold Pursuit, which I wasn't mm. going to watch. I was like, oh, I have a free day on Sunday. I'll go see something. So it was either Lego Movie Two or that, and I went, oh, I'll see Cold Pursuit. <laughs> um, so this is shockingly a Liam Neeson revenge film. His wife or daughter aren't kidnapped or killed. It's his son this time, played by his real life son, I think. Okay. For the two scenes in it. Uh, Laura Dern plays the wife. She is, I don't oh. know why she's there. She has <laughs> maybe three scenes with a combined screen time of maybe six minutes. Okay. Maybe 14 lines of dialogue. I don't know why she's there. I really don't know why they bother getting Laura Dern. Um, so Liam Neeson is a snowplow driver in Denver, I believe it is. And his son gets randomly killed by local gangsters. And then, of course, he's about to kill himself because he's like, well, my son is dead. And, blah, 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 blah. and then he gets a lead on his son's... Because his son was framed as having killed himself with a heroin overdose, but it was actually murder. And then Liam goes on a revenge path to kill his way up the drug chain. And then in the process of it, starts a gang war between the local white oh. drug dealers. <laughs> 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 yes. I, <I'm laughs> never a good prefix. And the kind of warring Native American tribes who owned the land previously, but the main villain's father made a deal with their leader. And it's all been peaceful, but now... They think they think the Liam murders are the Native Americans killing their guy, so it's a big dodgily racially uh. coded gang war. <laughs> um, the main problem I have this is the previews were very positive, and everyone's saying that it's it's based on a Scandinavian film starring one of the Scars Guards. I forget which one. There's so many okay. of them, uh, which is sort of a blackly comic thing, and everyone's saying, "Yeah, this is quite blackly comic too." And I was kind of surprised by that because the last few Liam Neeson films. The commuter was actually okay. The rest of them have been a bit boring. So black comedy sounds like a good route to go for if he's going to keep doing this action movie mm-hmm. thing. The comedy, if it's there, was incredibly minimal. Okay. I didn't really notice it. I was quite bored. It's long. It's over two hours, or it's at least a thought like twenty minutes, like on the dot. It's definitely at least two hours, and he's not in it that much because it focuses uh, okay. on the side characters a lot. Because there's so many factions and characters in, the, in each faction to get through but they end up piling all these character stuff moments together and there's like chunks where Liam Neeson's just not on screen and that's like neither here nor there I suppose <laughs> but it's just it's odd yeah, to make okay. it like a Liam Neeson like murder vehicle when he's not in it any more than like say the main villain is okay um, yeah the main villain is interesting I'm going to look up his name quickly because he's his performance is it's like someone decided to do a Heath Ledger Joker impression and just didn't break it for two straight hours. And it's Ooh. like his vocals, his exact vocal amount are just a Heath Ledger Joker impersonation, wow. but he's like a guy in a business suit and it's just... I don't know why that choice was made and it's really, really <laughs> distracting. Um, he's not a bad actor, though. He's just... It's an odd choice to have made. Okay, yeah. Like Tom Bateman. Um, yeah. So I wonder if you say that it's just his audition tape for the next Batman movie, but it's not because it's just doing an old version of that yeah. it's not interesting um, the murders are kind of fun in like mm. a slasher movie way but even then it it cuts away an awful lot instead of showing a lot of the more gorier elements um, it also has this really kind of cringy laddish humour not laddish even mm. the cringy Ricky Gervais-esque humour where oh, okay. yeah there's little jokes <laughs> where they don't go so far with them as to be actively offensive but they're going far enough in a sort of like oh are you are you triggered are you offended okay. I'm, like, I'm not I'm just kind of embarrassed for you because yeah. that joke wasn't funny and you didn't even like commit to it hard enough for it to mm. be extreme um, 
But then also it does this little thing where it, it focuses a lot on the wives of characters, which I thought was kind of interesting, and apart from the return, who's a sideline immediately. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of interesting because it sort of subverts some little small villain moments where he like goes to hit his wife or his ex-wife because that's obviously the sign that it's the third act and he's, he's really angry, but then she like dodges it and like hits on the balls and says, oh, that's kind of a nice little hmm. minus aversion. But every female character is also like this nagging, awful harpy of woman. So it's like, well, you've undone <laughs> what little good you had done. Um... And it's a really dodgy joke where Liam Neeson kidnaps the main villain's son, who's like a nature-old child, and the kid's like a neglected kid. He doesn't like his father, and he's always out doing business and whatever. And he like takes a shine at Liam Neeson, and he's like, he's like reading a bedtime story after he's kidnapped mm. him, and the kid's just like, and I like, cuddling on him, and he goes, "Have you heard of the Stockholm syndrome?" The kid says that. Oh, okay. Like, That's. That's not something kids can no, say. No, <laughs> it sort of has slightly dodgy pedophilic implications if you think about it too hard, because Stockholm syndrome usually means bleh. yeah. So that's a weird line that they gave to like a seven-year-old kid. Mm. Um, that's the level the comedy's kind of at. It's okay. just like mm, oh, I can yeah. see what that could be funny. Um, it's not, mm-hmm. and the Native American stuff is weird because they're trying to. There's one good joke about reservations that I'm not going to try and re because it's a bit long but it's it, that's quite clever mm-hmm. other than that though it's just it's odd that the film is not actively racist maybe not quite the level <laughs> okay. of concrete yeah, is not much is <laughs> but it's it's certainly not progressive and then yeah. it tries to these weird moments where it's like extended passage of the Native Americans just like having fun on what is like quote unquote their land I was like, what Ugh. are you doing with this film? I don't understand. And then, like, two of the gangsters are just... It's just thrown out that they're gay, and that's only there to give them the motivation that everyone gets killed. Uh, what okay. is the point of any of this? <laughs> so it's kind of overwritten and just weirdly structured. I thought it wasn't very funny. I thought it was kind of quite boring. A mm. lot of really misjudged humour. So, yeah, no, it's no good. Oh, uh, yeah. Of the recently released movies, The Commuter's still the best one. Okay. And actually has something to say about race. So mm. <laughs> watch that one instead. Wow. So yeah, Commuter, no good. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think more and more, it feels like Liam Neeson's like art is really coming to follow his life. Or did I say it the right way around? Uh, life following well, yeah, art, art following yes, life yes. <laughs> just I mean it's it's just like well I mean obviously this like weird revenge thing that's happened in real life is oddly parallel given some context but yeah <laughs> but, but it's but it's also just the thing of like he's obviously had a lot of tragedies mm-hmm. in his life and it's like how is it that he keeps doing this in his work as well like what's that was what is this my question. like <laughs> if that works for him fine yeah, okay yeah. odd very odd um there you go <laughs> yeah, so from one not good thing to some other... Oh, no, some good things. Well, okay, mm. let's do a quick like kind of Netflixy roundup with, oh, yes. with a non-Netflix in there. So. Yes. Spot the non-Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably <laughs> tell you what it is. a good review, probably. Yes. <laughs> um, so Netflix films have not been good of late. Uh, I'm not going to bother reviewing them. Polar is actually basically the same as Cold Pursuit, oh, except yeah. worse. It's really garish. Mads is fine. Otherwise, it's crap. Velvet Buzzsaw had so much good buzz... buzz huh? <laughs> so much good sort of... Will and hype yeah, towards it because really it's did. the Nightcrawler guy, yeah. it's Jillian Hall, it'll be good. And it's so flat, it's okay. so boring. It's like, what a waste of a cast. Like Tony Collette, Jillian Hall, Rene Russo, John Malkovich, so, someone else. Uh, it's crazy good cast, wasted. So it's also a very nocturnal animals type thing as well. Mm. Her sense. I think I like that more than you did. Uh, no, I, past, I know. Just I'm just thinking like, well, I, that was kind of the, the tone that I kind of thought was, was coming across. Like, uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Just that that was what I kind of um, thought was coming from it. From the trailer, like? 
Yeah. Nocturnal Animals, I kind of liked the tone of. Like, mm. It was kind of creepy and it was sort of more horror infected to a mm. point. The Velvet Buzzsaw is trying to be very tongue-in-cheek. It's okay. trying to work like a, almost like one of those latter-day Nightmare on Elm Street movies where it's very mm. self-aware and murdery. But I, like, I've heard people describe it as... Like, the movie itself is the joke, because you're expecting it to be kind of hierarchy. Uh, this is okay. a really trashy <laughs> horror movie, but uh-huh. it's not... That's fine. That's your intention yeah. is to make it the whole thing a practical joke. But if the actual content is still quite boring, yeah, then it doesn't work. Yeah, kind of pointless, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's rubbish. Um, Fair enough. Then, slightly better things, uh, <laughs> which is actually, yeah, the TV portion, I suppose, of Netflix is yes. where it kind of seems to be doing better. So, Bandersnatch, mm. you had some thoughts on, I believe. Yeah, um... Yeah, actually, well, this is one where I kind of felt like it was neither as good nor as bad yes. as anyone was <laughs> was kind of describing it. Um, I yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Like, there's quite a few things that have similar similar kind of themes going through them at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's Bandersnatch, Russian Doll, and um, Happy Death Day to you. Like, obviously, those two are more more birthday themed, but um, <laughs> yes, and Groundhog themed. Uh, yes, but uh, but all, like day, all... Groundhog Day, not just the animal. <laughs> yes. Sorry, yeah, go on. <laughs> but also like they're all about mothers at, at the end of it. It's all about like quite a lot of like flashbacks and um, yeah, stuff like that. And I, I I don't I don't know whether I like that or not. Like I, I think it's a I think it's a like powerfully done. But I'm also wondering like, am I going to get a bit bored of everyone yeah. wants their mommy? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, everyone does want their mommy, so it's <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, any thoughts yourself? Just, I hadn't thought you were saying it there, but they are all kind of centered on similar things, except in Russian Doll and Happy Death Day, and I haven't seen the sequel, but going by the first mm. one, I presume it'll carry the second one. Mm. It's sort of a characters bettering themselves and mm. then fixing that. Whereas Bandersnatch the is the male character, yes. and the quote unquote best endings or real endings are the ones where he murders everyone. That's a great point. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Bandersnatch. I don't know. I think if it wasn't tied to Black Mirror, I'd be able to give it a better yeah, assessment. Because yeah. I agree with you that it's neither as good nor as bad as I was hoping it would be. Because mm-hmm. it was really bad or interesting, it was really good or interesting. It's kind of fine, mm. but I thought. The endings. This is the thing about interactive media. Yeah. <laughs> if we're taking, there's kind of two or three that I think are considered the main quote unquote uh-huh. endings, and they're all the negative ones because the real ones seem like the really hard to get joke endings. Almost everything works out okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But taking those as the real endings, they are very Black Mirror, and it's mm. very in keeping with that sort of almost black joke humour of having a dark ending, and that's fine. Uh, like I did enjoy my whatever two hours with it mm. as I was doing it, but. I agree with you. I hope it isn't going to be an ongoing thing. And also, I really hate when they do something like this, where it's an adventure game style TV show that you watch and play through, but the story itself is about someone making an adventure game style TV show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't you just have a narrative that isn't tied to the core concept you're also narrativizing? That does seem weird to me. That's fair, yeah. It's it's, it's not like you can go very far with it. Exactly. Yeah. But Um. I didn't hate it. Again, I do think... It's actually quite well done in terms mm. of like I quite I like David Slade anyway, like his direction was good. Uh John White is quite good. What's his face? Everyone hated Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> oh, Will yeah. Porter. Yeah, uh, I like he him. He was great. No, I love yeah, him. I think he's, he's really great. good. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I did enjoy it. But yeah. Just thinking about it in comparison to two now, yeah, that's 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 bad. That <laughs> <laughs> the male character gets the, the murder everyone. Yeah, wrote. that's true. But that was very fitting for his character. So True, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, yeah. I I thought as well. Like I, I, I can't. I don't know whether, 
whether I'm right or not here, but mm. I felt like early on it was very clever in the way it kind of built on repetition. Uh, on like I, I remember the first sort of ending I got was was one of the boring ones where mm. he goes to make it and then he just gets two out of five in the yes, in I the reviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so because that happened, then he went, okay, I'm going to go back and do it again, and repeating the same sort mm. of strand. It's actually he he is reliving it, so he he. They recognizes things he didn't recognize first thing first time and things are slightly different which I thought that was a really kind of clever commentary on Agreed. like choose your own adventure mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. but I think that that then stopped at some point and then it just becomes him going or you know you just go through different loops and there's no recognition that you've done this before Yeah, no, I agree so with that. that was a really cool concept that I understand it's, it's obviously as the game within the game is it's really hard to to add all these mm. extra options but I was kind of like oh, you had a really cool idea that you then dropped that's kind of disappointing but you know yeah, you were trying something <laughs> I think that's, that's more there it's almost just to train you into the game yeah, uh, whereas yeah. I think you're right Like it would have been better if that was part of the actual narrative Like there's a couple of points where he seems to recognise things later on or mm-hmm. when Porter's character vanishes he kind of stays vanished in certain mm-hmm. alterations even if you don't like choose that um, so there is some little bits of it near the yeah. end but I agree like it definitely does fall off pretty quickly mm-hmm. And even, I don't know, there wasn't... The fact that there's no definitive ending, I think, is a problem because it means the framing device doesn't wholly work. And the fact that... Yeah. You know, there's that point where there's kind of like a three-way choice of either his father is some kind of conspiracy thing, Mm. there is some kind of experiment happening to him, or it's actually a demon, or like there's three different, very different narratives, all yeah. of which are simultaneously true, depending on what you do with them. Mm-hmm. That I kind of hate. Like, I think there should be one grounding element mm-hmm. that then can be interpreted okay. different ways. But yeah, if it's yeah. three simultaneously separate just storylines that don't really emerge, you choose them to emerge, that mm. just takes away from it in my mind. But yeah. mm. still, yeah, it was decent. Yeah. Was no Russian doll. Russian doll no. was great. Yes, it really was. <laughs> I wasn't even going to watch it. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was some like weird little German sci-fi or something. And like, oh no, it's what's her face from Orange is New Black. Uh, and it's yeah. only eight episodes. They're half an hour long. Each. That's great. It's so short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, was genuinely like quite emotionally affecting yeah. and really funny. And that's it. Because I know we're going to talk about Happy Death Day to you in a minute. And I didn't love the first one. I didn't mm. hate it. I thought it was fine. Mm. It was like enjoyable enough, but I thought the concept just wasn't utilized that well. Sure. Like, it was fairly just because when the setup was that. It's a slasher movie, but Groundhog Day is it. Cool, great, look forward mm. to that. But then it never became more than that. It was just that sales pitch and that was it. Like it never yeah, okay. developed anything else. Whereas Russian Doll, I don't know, it just... Yeah, it becomes a lot of different things. Yeah, and I think it, it has a really just satisfying arc to it. Mm. Whereas Happy Death Day did not have that because I think that main character is quite cool. I like mm. her. Yeah, Tree, yeah, yeah. Is that her name? Tree, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I remember the thing. <laughs> uh, like she's an interesting little character, I suppose. Yeah. I think the world around her just wasn't interesting enough to kind of, kind of yeah, that's fair. carry it and that's why I like the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though I'm intrigued by the genre switch, that sounds kind of fun. Mm. But yeah, Russian Doll, I adored it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Just don't make any more of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Stop. a fair point. <laughs> Looking forward to um, Haunting of, is it Bly oh. Manor? Is it in the next one? Is it? Oh, wow. At least it's oh. a different family and they can't reference Rio Jackson again. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I'm sure it'll still be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, you go. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I don't really have that much more to say about Happy Death Day, really. Like, I, I Happy Death Day to you. I did enjoy it more um uh, but i think it is main it is probably the first 
movie was because um, yeah Tree is like a really kind of interesting mm. character and actually I think what, what's kind of nice is at the beginning of the second one um, she explains she's explaining like basically all the horrible things she did previously and how she's a much nicer person now and it's it's weird because it, you know it probably shouldn't have worked like yeah. because it's such like obviously in, in terms of it being regular chronology it's mm-hmm. like she becomes an, an 100% nicer person in a day yeah. but I mean she's actually a great actor and the movie I think is set up well enough that it, it's believable uh, so mm-hmm. actually what's nice about the second movie is as I suppose actually having knowledge of the first one and being like looking at the ways it's kind of added or nuanced to that world mm. But again, like, I, I'm also not really a fan of, oh, well, you have to watch this before you can watch this. So it's definitely not, like, necessary viewing. But I think if you enjoyed the first one, the second one is definitely worth a watch, basically. Yeah. Wouldn't mind at some point, yeah. I might go mm-hmm. see it or catch it on Netflix or something. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it's intriguing that they've got a sequel out that fast and that they're now planning a third yeah. one. Yeah. Which maybe, maybe stop. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've managed to hear this twice. That, that's an absur- absurdly good run given the concept you're working with. Very true, yeah. And I yeah. mean, it. I suppose the other thing is like that I, I did enjoy that they bring in the sci-fi element this mm-hmm. time. So it's, an, it's another dimension as well as time travel. But at the same time, like... They're really stretching what they can do. Like, yeah. like it was, it was enjoyable, but I think if they try, or try to add more things to it, it might not work anymore. <laughs> I think the director said he wants to do one a year, good Whoa. luck. Whoa! But okay. like switch genre every time. So the first one's horror, oh. this one is sci-fi. Okay. I'm not sure what you do next because as far I've heard, I've mm. spoiled the whole film myself. I know what the post credit scene is. I mean, that okay. sounds like you'd have to just do sci-fi again, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it, like fantasy. I it, don't know. Yeah, and actually the post credit sequence would maybe imply like a more horrifying version of of sci-fi, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still sci-fi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, see what they do there with that. Suppose just on the on the last bit of Netflixy talk, uh, mm. Fire. Now neither of yes. us watched the Hulu Fire documentary. No. We both watched the other Fire documentary. <laughs> um, it's hard to assess if it's a good or bad documentary. Yeah, I just had good fun watching it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it, if it is a good or bad documentary. Yeah. But then again, I I still recall the day when this first started happening and in real time watching all the tweets and it was great. It was so funny. Mm. And whatever it is now, a year and a half later, and it's. The one thing I think worth bringing up about it is that one guy whose name I don't know, the Evian <laughs> dick suck guy, you know, oh, who yes. who's now become an unfortunate meme. Because <laughs> um, I know I have since seen, because that's obviously been the most talked about bit of it, and mm-hmm. they've been analysing it to death, and apparently it was initially not going to make the cut, and I oh. fully see why it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> and kind of think maybe it shouldn't have made the cut, <laughs> even though I do still recall watching it and my, like my jaw dropping <laughs> and kind of like awkwardly laughing mm. as he was talking about it, because it's so horrific. And then he, even he just kind of starts laughing, because like, what else do you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. But then also there's an interesting conversation about the fact that if that was a female, a female character, if that was a woman <laughs> talking, that would be... A real rightly, life character. <laughs> a real life human woman. <laughs> That would be like rightly framed as a really horrifying thing. Whereas, yeah, that's it's, a very good it's point. Male sexual assault, it's kind of joked yeah. about. Even though I, I don't want to defend it, but I do think that it, the, the source of the meme, the joke, isn't his suffering, but just the absurdity of the request he was given. Yeah. I think yeah. if it actually had happened, it wouldn't be funny, mm. which doesn't really justify it. But I think the fact that it's just him explaining a stupid thing that he was told to do, that's sort of just amusing as absurdity. But I'm not, yeah, it is, it is interesting that male sexual assault does get often lampooned whereas mm. if you did swap the genders of that in- interaction it would be much different yeah that's a good point um, 
But yeah, no, it was funny. I think the last little half an hour of it is especially funny when it's Jarul just being all like, oh, yeah. we'll try it again, we'll do it again. And also that bit where, is it, it wasn't fraud, we just lied to people every day. I was like, no, no, that's, that's fraud. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it on like a recorded phone. Wow, that was like happening yeah. in a room that had a microphone in. Madness, utter Amazing. madness. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, um, I remember the, the, the sort of, I was going to say the character as well. The, the person, it's hard, right? Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> the person who was so I found kind of most compelling was the guy who, like, I suppose at the end, they all seem to have about a, a million jobs. But he seemed to be the guy who was sending the emails, as it were. Mm. Um, who was, for a long time, kind of saying, like, guys, if we didn't let more people onto this island, like, there's not going to be enough beds. There's not yeah. going to be enough food. There's not going to be enough anything. Then eventually, I think he's, he kind of said, okay, that's it, I'm done, and walked away. I was believing him the whole time. And then at the and then afterwards I was like, should I have been? I, like I don't know. I mean not not to cast aspersions on any of them, but it's also just like have have I just is this part of a big PR stunt that I've just they've just pulled a wall, <laughs> wall possibly, over my yeah, eyes as much as they did anyone else. <laughs> but like I don't know, it was it was very fascinating and also just like I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to take from it yeah. in a certain way. I think that's why people say the Hulu one's better because the Hulu okay. one apparently delves more into um, sort of social media and like FOMO culture and yeah, okay, sort of the psychology of our generation, quote unquote, that allowed this to happen or not allowed to happen, but to, that like left the groundwork there for someone to exploit that via marketing. Okay, yeah. Where I like, think yeah, the Netflix one is more just it's like look at this shit. Like it, yeah. there's not really, there's not really a great like thesis to it. It is just. This was ridiculous. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Because um, even the very end where the, the guy that was in charge of the guy that wasn't Ja Rule, the guy that invented the, the metal credit card, whatever his name was. Yeah, the business that guy. guy. <laughs> Isn't it? Mr. Business. This is Dan. Business Dan. Business Dan. Because even then, like, his comeuppance is sort of not really there. No, he's in court yeah. and he's facing jail time. But then also, when they go to interview him for the last time, he has, like, a new apartment and he's got, like, a new team around him. Yeah. Like, so, no lessons were learned, nothing changes. Yeah. It's great. And, I mean, there's also that kind of thing of, like, oh, he was a, you know, a wonderful businessman with his whole life in front of him. And it's like, you know, he potentially could have murdered a bunch of, like, he, yeah, loads yeah. of people, sorry, maybe not murdered. He could have, a no, lot of people it, could have it, died. Yeah, some of that would have been murder, I think. That would have been manslaughter, <laughs> for sure. Yes, quite possibly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Because so, the other like one moment that really stands out is that um the restaurant owner when she like just like breaks oh, down. Yeah. Oh, that's when it kind of goes. Oh, this isn't funny anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I no. I feel people got harmed in this. This yeah. is not good. And I, th- I think actually the moment that for me was just like, what is going on? Was um, it, it was during the twenty four hours or whatever when everyone was on the island, mm-hmm. and they were talking to to one of the the one of the customers patrons. I don't know what you call them. The people who went. Um, <laughs> Influencers. He, yes, <laughs> he was saying that um him and his the phrase his friends or whatever they they ran around stealing everyone's mattresses <laughs> and I was just like everything else that has happened so far is understandable in terms of like yes you need you want to have enough food and whatever to water but like why steal mattresses and you're only you've only been here for about 12 hours like it's that's yeah like as a bit of oh. like anthropology it's quite interesting to see like, how quickly <laughs> modern man evolved yeah. are they the same people that were were they slicing tents open in like yes. a circumference around their tents and yes. they want to stay in it? yeah that was I think it was him Nonsense. yeah like that's what absolutely absurd <laughs> like oh god yeah it just it kind of makes you despair <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad no one died they all should have died <laughs> That guy should have. Uh, um, <laughs> so, 
So yeah. Yeah. So what are we up for next? Okay. So let's quickly do a bit of Irish cinema, given that we are the mm. Ireland podcast. Yes. Uh, so I recently saw Cellar Door, which I don't think is still in cinemas, but I'm sure it'll be on VOD or something soon. It is. Do you know what this is at all? Um, oh, it's a horror. I understand. Yes, correct, yes. But that's about all I know. Um, so it's a. Actually, fitting in very well with the current <laughs> crop of time looping things, it's Ooh. sort of a Groundhog Day y thing, also. Um, but about a Magdalene laundry. Um, oh, yes, okay. So it's. You see the main character kind of go through one quick set of events where she gets pregnant and then put in the laundry and then escapes or gets let out with no child. And then it loops back and shows the whole thing again, but she kind of remembers it and then it does that two or three okay. times. Um, and I I think the actual horror element of it is it's sort of hard to talk about spoiling it because there's a twist near the end that explains the groundhog daying. Oh, okay. Which I thought... Ooh, which is kind of brave. <laughs> yeah, they rarely do that. And I think <laughs> yeah. it was actually quite good because it, it was quite satisfying as a okay. way of explaining it. Like it was quite solid and like kept loose ends all pretty neatly tied up. Uh, but that's... That's where, for me, the horror comes in because it's more just of like a thriller or psychological drama up to mm. that point just with a weird structure. Like, the actual horror is very minimal. There's like two jump scares maybe, but it's not really... Mm-hmm. Even tonally, it isn't much of a horror. Like, it is just more of a drama or a psychological thriller with a weird structure. And I I have to say, like, between this and the likes of Kissing Candies last year, I am quite hardened to see Irish mm. cinema taking serious topics and making weird genres with, <laughs> with them because like the Magnolons are horrible and it's a horrifying bit of our history and there have been a few films made about them There's, mm. but they're always kind of quite I don't mean this like offensively but they're a bit dry and that they just they I understand their impetus it's the idea that it's such a horrifying thing that all you can really do is just like very blankly show yeah, it and yeah. expect that horror to carry through and that's fair enough but I think that kind of leaves the audience kind of at one remove whereas if you do it like a sort of like this kind of horror thing mm. it's more immediate and I think even if you're not even if you're not directly showing the real events mm. or the real day-to-day mundanity of that horror I think you're putting the audience in a kind of panicked horror state yeah. which is more evocative yeah. of the kind of emotions women would have felt in those places, uh, those places. um so I think that's really good. I'm glad it exists. And I do think it's worth watching. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but also it's really hard to talk without spoiling. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you care? Um, Anyone else I, I kind plug of, their ears? I kind of would like to see it now. Okay, but I won't I'm... say it, but um, it's worth okay, okay. It's okay. worth all things all I'll say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, oh, it it sounds very note. compelling already. Like, I think you've already sold it. It's very compelling. Uh, the one thing I say that annoyed me is that they... They do the sort of the run through a few times, and I think the usual rule is as a comedy, three is enough. So like you okay, do three versions yeah, of the loop. Yeah. They do a fourth version of the loop, and I, at uh, that point okay. I was kind of losing patience with it. And then they explain the twist like right after that, so it was fine. Okay. But it was just getting to the point of being obnoxious when it stopped, which okay. was alright, but like it was right to the line. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is definitely worth a look. And again, I'm just glad to see Irish cinema taking some weird mm. risks, even though I know for a fact. This probably failed because I saw it in Dundrum, which oh. is you know, a fairly standard multiplex, so you can always judge a more mainstream audience via that kind of place. Yeah. Not a lot of people in the screen. Um, I think I counted two walkouts, and then some people behind oh, wow. us were okay. very loudly whispering how much they hated it and how, how oh. bored they were. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I am loving it. Mm. I think this is great. Uh, so yeah, I, I do understand why there's a certain hesitation around making weird Irish cinema, but I'm hoping... Mm. I'm hoping they'll keep doing it anyway because yeah. it's better than just really 
dry small town Ireland dramas which we get a million of mm. but yeah that's Cellar Door yeah. people should support local cinema mm. um, Sarah Lego Movie 2 yes uh, yeah so this is yeah I feel like this is kind of fitting in with more of our, our themes that we've been talking We're about very tonight. accidentally good we at this really yes. are <laughs> um, yeah so I'm mean, like as a sequel it's also like Happy Death Day to you kind of quite similar to the first one mm-hmm. uh, so if you enjoyed the first one you'll probably enjoy this one quite a lot as well um, it also yeah does like quite a good job I think like Happy Death Day to you does as well of sort of lampooning kind of cine bro culture um, so in in the Lego movie 2 Ethan who's Chris Pratt's character who we obviously mm-hmm. don't like Chris Pratt anymore but let's <laughs> some of us never did no exactly <laughs> but you know it's the Lego movie is still Okay, I think. Um, yeah, Chris Pratt has... So, yeah, Ethan, his character, has sort of this, like, double within the movie. Um, mm-hmm. His Rex Danger Vest, um, who's, like, basically Chris Pratt's character from, like, every movie, every kind of action hero movie he's been in. Oh, of course. The movie is, is kind of quite a good lampoon of just this idea that movie movies have to be, like, edgy and dark in order to be good or... Mm. Or like interesting, I suppose, especially to kind of like young male audiences. But it also does quite a good job of, of being of being a, like it's the way they they set up the joke. It's quite good for I think all audiences because they leave it quite obvious that it's Chris Pratt again. But then later on, they do a shock reveal that it's Chris Pratt. So you know everyone is <laughs> letting in the joke, yeah. um, and no one's left to feel silly in any way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's just it's quite fun I'd kind of forgotten that I enjoyed the first one and so going I was like this is really quite wonderful <laughs> um, which is yeah nice so I don't know I, all I can say is I have quite yeah good things to say about it yeah what little I heard about it I do think sounds quite good I like the setup of them actually keeping the plot kind of continuing yeah, the rest of the, like, yeah. the sister coming in and mm-hmm. is it Sea Star is that the name of the the rival galaxy or something oh yeah yeah um, like, that's kind of cute um, mm-hmm. so yeah I, I do want to see it at some point yeah. but I made my choice and so that's cold right. pursuit <laughs> <laughs> yes um, so yes I think one more quick review then we get into the the Oscar stuff uh, mm. so Destroyer is a film I'm kind of baffled wasn't nominated for anything because it seemed to come out just as the Oscar season deadline was mm. coming up so it would have been eligible as far as I'm aware it is, let me just quickly check the notes of who made it. Directed by Karen Kusama. Um, I believe written by her too. Or is it? No, I don't know people. Uh, but sorry, Nicole Kidman. And it's Nicole Kidman as you've never seen her before. I In a very weird yeah. makeup set where she looks <laughs> really old. And not old, but it's like she's been sandblasted Actually, right. and dehydrated. It, it was very much an Oscar Beatty it seemed like, it, yeah. visual. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Attractive woman gets yes. ugly. Oh, give her Oscars. <laughs> Um, I will say she's actually like phenomenally good in it, and it's 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 also a dual timeline stranded film. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> but no, this one isn't. It isn't like looping back and stuff. Oh well, no. Um, <laughs> I suppose it kind of does. It's sort of a stupid twist to do it when what's happening when at the very end, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really add anything to it. Um, so yeah, so ostensibly it is a crime drama where she is in the past an undercover cop with her boyfriend played by Bucky. Sebastian Stan. Ah. <laughs> um, 
and they go undercover into this organization and then get too deep into it and there's a bank heist mm. another bank okay, heist okay yes and they decide that you know what as oh god damn it so as cops they aren't being paid oh, enough wow. and they're going to just abscond <laughs> the money and live happy ever after <laughs> wow Sarah you really just hit them on something here um, yes. <laughs> but something goes wrong in some vague way we're not told about until the very end and you kind of so most of it's happening in the present where she's all world weary and withered up and mm-hmm. a badass just killing people for no reason. Well, so she killed people. She beats them up anyway. Good. Um, <laughs> no, it is good. Um, and it's it's really good. It's probably most similar to Sicario, the first Sicario. Okay. It has like a very um, sort of dread-inducing sort of vague, a very kind of vague atmosphere of there's it's it's bad and it's scary, but you're not really sure why. It's mm-hmm. it's a kind of good mood piece. Um. Again, I think there's the weird little twist at the end, which sort of messes with the structure of it, is really pointless and doesn't really add anything to it. It's mm-hmm. it's a nice kind of all right as it kind of happens, but otherwise it it changes literally nothing about the film. Okay. Um, Kidman is amazing. I'm sort of surprised she got nominated, even even yeah. somehow for best supporting in her own film would have been sensible given the Oscars weird mm. rules. <laughs> um, I can only assume, given that it was directed by a woman, that's why it was ignored uh, roundly yes. as all films were this <laughs> year. Likely, yes. Because <laughs> um, it isn't entirely dissimilar to You Were Never Really Here um, in terms of just being a female directed very hard brutal film mm-hmm. that's not necessarily fun to watch but is very uh, engaging mm. and, and there's also a really good bank heist sequence okay. in that one yeah, where yeah. she doesn't kill everybody uh, <laughs> but it is it's it's probably quite similar to like Heat where it was just, okay, it's very yeah, intense yeah. and really well shot and the overall has a, yeah, I think Sicario is probably the close card. It's like aesthetically, it's very deserty and pretty. and mm-hmm. But you know, I, I'm kind of shocked that it just came came went so fast. Yeah, that's true, actually. Nicole Kidman, I thought, did the kids not like her? Yeah. She was an Aquaman. Did the people not like Nicole Kidman? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, but again, I'm just baffled by a lot of the films I yeah. like just vanishing <laughs> without a sight, whereas everything else does really well and their shit there you go speaking of doing yes. well and their shit uh, do you have any final thoughts for the Oscars Um. yeah I don't know I guess we can probably just jump yeah. into the Oscars really right so um, on balance <laughs> I suppose that's just out of the way neither of us saw all the best fish nominations no. nor do we care to yes uh, I'll just bring up the list for the sake of having it the eight were Bohemian Rhapsody the Favourite, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book, Vice, Star is Born, Roma. I have seen Roma, Black Klansman, Black Panther, and The Favourite. Yes, I have seen those. And nothing else. <laughs> I don't think so. so. Right. <laughs> I'd actually meant to see Vice because I'd heard that was not uninteresting, but not like great, but like, mm. you know, fine. Star is Born, I never intend to see. Yeah, even no. though apparently, I'm sure it's perfectly competently put together, it's just an aggressively not my kind of film. Mm. And the rest, I was never going to watch. Premium no. Rhapsody, uh, winner of Best Editing yeah. 2019, <laughs> despite that now infamous clip going around of the bit where. Have you seen that clip? I've seen a few clips now. Is this the one with Aidan Gillen? Yeah, it's because it was a little finger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where there's like a, a cut every half a second. Yes. And it's and, uh, someone, awful. Yeah, someone like it's it's a like seen in a cafe and yeah. someone points out it's like when someone when the waiter puts a cup on the table that gets a cut and for some like, reason cut, like looking towards the cup looking yes. away from, yeah it's dreadful <laughs> it's com- again it's almost like com- actually I saw someone um, put up a clip from what's that is it Steve Brule might be is that the who plays him 
Who plays Deep Rule? John T. Riley. Brains, no good. Not working on this. Uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, that's Steve Rose, isn't it? John Ryan. Yes, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's like his show where it's just him looking around, like firing cameras, and oh, it's yes. going really fast. And yeah. Just, mm-hmm, <laughs> yes. So I feel bad, like shooting a film that you have seen, but yeah, I'm just glad in the best I, picture. I, uh, I feel like there's been enough of it, sh- like shared around, that you kind of get get enough of an uh, like I, yeah. impression. The editing like, that's baffling, <laughs> but I'm even more baffled by. Malik winning just because I quite oh, like yeah. him but any clip I've seen of that film he seems woefully miscast he's just mm. the prosthetic teeth and the weird unplaceable accent he's doing which mm. sort of sounds like Freddie Mercury every like fifth word but otherwise mm-hmm. just sounds like Ryan Malik doing a weird accent and I, I yeah. don't know it's like he looks great like he looks like Freddie Mercury when he's mm. like doing the dancing and he has the moustache and all he looks like he just looked the part but just I don't know if I'd actually watched the full film I'd been very distracted by his mm. performance I think it's all that it won best actor mm-hmm. yeah um, I suppose we discussed some of the films that we actually did see and that one thing um, <laughs> I guess probably start with Spider-Verse since that one best mm. animated feature yes deservedly I think yeah uh, like it's it is very good. Like I have my own unfortunate reservations about it. Please, it's what you're here for. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah, I, I like. I think so much of it is wonderful. It is it's obviously great to see like main character being like a boy of color, mm-hmm. um, and like a new Spider Man as well. That like there's so much that's great. But what I really kind of got in my craw was just the his father is police chief and one of the story strands that goes through it as a result is sort of like this love-hate relationship Mm -hmm. with the police and I just don't like that America can't get away from like these stories within their otherwise very good um, movies a lot of the time I I do feel like in like a Batman story or Mm. even a regular universe Spider-Man story the love-hate police thing sort of makes sense it mm. does feel incredibly tone deaf in this day and age to have like a non-white protagonist having a sort of bit of a playful laugh at the cops. Like, no, if <laughs> he was real, he'd be shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I fully, I hadn't thought of it until you said it to me a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, hmm. um, <laughs> that's kind of ruined it a bit. But otherwise, I agree. Like, it, it's stunning looking. Mm. I, I don't know how they managed to like mix, mix and match that many different animation styles and it like, yeah. look visually cohesive. Yeah. That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. One of the better use of Nick Cage in recent years. Yeah, uh, yeah, was very just good. A, I guess kind of like a Batman wannabe. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, like knowing really nothing about the comics, mm-hmm. uh, when I went in and like you know this isn't much of a spoiler, especially since probably everyone's seen it by now. Yeah. But, but when they like killed Spider Man, I was like, holy shit! Like this is <laughs> this is big. <laughs> I mean, like, it turned out to be less big, mm. but at the same time, it was still like okay, like they're sort of killing off Spider-Man yeah, sort of brave they killed off as Spider-Man they did um, and he seemed like a nice Spider-Man yeah that one was voiced <laughs> by one of the Chris's which one was it? yeah okay I, I, which yeah. one was Kirk? Chris oh. Pine okay uh, that was him yeah ah. um, then Oscar Isaacs was the post-credits one okay the 29 one um, yeah no like Rigo cast and I agree with you that I think if I was like a small child watching it that would have been a holy like a holy shit moment yeah Spider-Man. yeah exactly like, it's, it's quite a rough debt from memory too yeah. like, it, it's, it's not overdone but it's, it's understated enough that it's quite brutal yes um, 
For that sure. whole kingpin design actually was just quite upsetting. He's, yeah. he's too big. Oh, far too big. <laughs> it's really yeah. awful to look at. That's it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is I mean, good. Yeah, it's actually. It, I know there's been like some talk about like remaking it live action. I mean, I know there's always talk yeah, about they've these mentioned things that for years. But I mean, like that's one thing where it's like <laughs> cannot do that. <laughs> it's no I longer guess possible. If live action, they just get D'Onofrio back and just let him do it. Yeah. Um, well, they wouldn't even have been like square foam suits. Yeah. <laughs> it's not able to fit through doors. Uh, no. Um, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what comes of it though because I know they've mentioned doing like a, a Gwen spin-off now mm. and I'd quite like to see that because I really like her design and I think she was good fun in the movie yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Also, of course, Mahershala Ali's in this one. Mm. Um, yeah. Not what he won the Oscar for though. Um, no. <laughs> was he nominated? For this? No. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> that would have been ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, fair. Um, yeah. Did did you find, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if, if this is me being nitpicky now, but there was sort of a bit of a hierarchy between between the animation styles. Like there was obviously the, the sort of, there's a f- core cast of like six different Spider-Men who came together. Spider-People, sorry. Spider-People, sorry. <laughs> um, but like the more realistic ones as it were mm, got okay, were very yeah. much more fleshed out whereas spider pig was a spider pig <laughs> I feel like was that his name he probably wasn't called was spider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> peter porker peter porker yes spider ham yes um well i'm not sure like because that that's sort of a one note joke character like yeah it really you... was to be fair <laughs> even though they did try and give him like a tragic backstory and it's like one line <laughs> dialogue which like completely changed how you look at him but um yeah, I suppose Nick Cage is sort of also very one-dimensional. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I forget the name of the anime one with her robot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I think <laughs> you're not wrong. And that's probably another like thing to do with like audiences and not wanting to alienate mm. them by having like, weird shit all the time. But um, yeah, I'm dying to watch it again because mm. it just... This looks so good. Such a good yeah. soundtrack. No, it's lovely. It's yeah. a very pleasant film to be around. Mm. Um, actually, do we have any negative Oscar reviews to go through? I don't think we do. Um, <laughs> what did mm. you hate, Sarah, of these massive achievements in cinema <laughs> yeah. the last year? Well, you know, as someone who is, you know, would like to just ridicule these people who've put huge years of time and experience yes. into these movies, I feel like I'm, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think of yeah, I, I think I have a lot, a lot more to say about Green Book, which is something I didn't see, than I do. Well, let's just do that I now then, because yeah, uh, let's, let's sandwich films we haven't seen around films okay. we haven't seen. So Green Book. Well, yeah, I suppose which we should talk about because it did just win, win best, best picture. picture. Um, now, my understanding of how this happened is that the Oscars is like some kind of weird preferential vote system whereby if there's oh. no clear winner, oh, no. whatever's in the middle kind of wins. Okay. And this was definitely a year of like no clear favorites. Uh, except for the favorite. Uh, um, <laughs> ugh, I hate, I hate this. Uh, yeah, because I think like Roma and the favorite and probably Bohemian Rhapsody were sort of all vying okay. for a, a top spot, and then the fact that none of them got got it clearly. Well, see, I think Roma was a bit of a misnomer because I think they nominated that in best foreign language film, knowing full well they wouldn't have to give it that uh, picture okay. then. Which seems like a bit of a consolation prize yeah. almost, but whatever. Um, actually, we didn't. Did we review that last time? I think we might have talked about it a little bit. Did we? Okay, that's yeah. fine. In that case, moving on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I quite like Roma. Mm. Visually, it really good. Nice. Uh, I kind of wish she'd won for us actress. That would have mm. been really good. That would have been, um, yeah. But also, I'm glad of who did win, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Roma, fine. Green Book. I'm never going to watch it. I don't yeah, want to watch it. No. I... <laughs> 
I definitely recall when it first started getting traction and kind of going that can't possibly make it all the way to the top mm. I was sort of baffled that when it got nominated at all and now that it's won it's just I will say and this isn't necessarily a path in the back of the academy because they still clearly need desperate reform mm. but at least for kind of the culture around the Oscars which is itself its own like weird little cinephile bubble anyway yeah. which isn't really reflective of the actual year's best films it was instantaneous. Like the second it won, everyone was like, well, that was yeah, a bad. That, that was is the true. Wrong that goal. is very true. Yeah, Most yeah. years it takes a, a week or two, maybe, or yeah. even a year. Probably, oh, yeah, that did win last year. This was like, I need to know yeah. what. Yeah, actually, I saw someone say, um, it was like, when, you're, when your film wins and the first thing everything everyone does is talk to Spike Lee, like, you you <laughs> oh, know something's so gone funny. wrong. <laughs> and he was so drunk and he just did not care. It was great. <laughs> A few short clips of his interviews, and he's just, he's just laughing and running around the place. And he seems like a <laughs> child, but he seems to have a good time. He won for um, a screenplay, wasn't it? I guess so. I think he won screenplay, yeah. yeah. Just look these things up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about screenplay. Yeah. Book. Everything it, I've read has been horrific. Yeah. Like, it, it just it offends my sensibilities in so many ways. Uh, I just think it's not a story that should ever be told from a white perspective. No. And when Especially the family not a involved, one. yeah. Yes. When the family involved are saying, we weren't consulted, this is lies and it's wrong. Like, surely yeah. you go, well, maybe we should go back to the drawing board <laughs> or not let this film have been released in that state. But I yeah. So there you go. Don't see it, maybe, unless you really want to, I suppose. But maybe watch another movie. <laughs> well, that's the really It will get seen, because that's yeah. the way the Oscars works yeah. now, where they don't release things at <laughs> the last minute so everyone can see it. And also, I know from overhearing conversations in work where some of, let's say, the older, mm. whiter people in my office all said they very much enjoyed, quote-unquote, the green book. Yeah. That also annoys me massively. Me. Add the thing for a reason. The Batman. Yeah, well, no, the Batman's fine. Um, <laughs> that's been his name before, but it, no one calls it the green book. <laughs> Yes. Um, mm. Spike Lee win, trying to find out. So yeah, what um, what do we want to talk about next? Um, do we want to go for the favorite, or do we want to? I think we'll do the favorite to last. That's All like, right. That's, it's the, the, the nebulous of the Irish connected one, and also probably my favorite one of the ones that we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. uh, that's fair. Do you know about Beale Street? Yeah. So this is what I saw just before. <laughs> Sorry, just say so he won. Oh, um, at our screenplay, I think. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yes, it was definitely um, pretty cool. Yeah, actually, that's a shame because I think. If Beale Street could talk, probably should have. Well, everyone's saying that's the one that should have won most things this year. Yes, um. I agree. It, like, <laughs> it was really, really wonderful. Um, I agree it's maybe like a slight bit below um, Moonlight, mm. but it's still much better than I think anything else. Yeah, you were talking earlier about um, sort of male assault against mm-hmm. men. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that was incredibly hard to watch this if Beale Street talk after seeing did you, you see there's a video out about sexual assault on males no. on men uh, played for laughs um, right. like it was basically an analysis of it by pop culture detective okay yeah, yeah. It's, it's really really good and it, it like looks a lot at like how problematic like rape jokes are mm-hmm. um, obviously they are incredibly, we already know that, but it's looking at the ubiquity of them yeah, along with everything yeah, yeah. else. And so watching this movie, which is about a young black couple who kind of discover while the man is in jail that the the woman is pregnant. And essentially it's it's them like trying to figure out how the hell they're going to work mm-hmm. through this while also trying to deal with the fact that the guy's been put in jail for um uh, for uh, re- for being accused of rape which he didn't do um, and so it's it's sort of it's also dealing then with the fact that that a like a woman was is essentially coerced into accusing him 
Right. <laughs> like it's very. I have to say, the trailer made us look of... a lot more lighthearted okay. and happy-go-lucky. Okay. Yes. Than this apparent yeah. Plot it's is. it's um yeah it's really pretty bleak dark stuff. Right. Um, right. And it's sort of I'm kind of I guess a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that it is about false rape accusation, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's also it is nuanced. It is like it is de- dealt with very well. Like essentially, it's clear that this woman was for whatever reason told like you you yeah you accuse this guy or else like it's dealing with a whole lot of stuff and it's got the same kind of amazing soundtrack same incredible visuals as as moonlight did and yeah like great great performances like it just it really probably should have won everything um yeah it's really sad and well like i think acting wise only got the one nomination didn't it just for best supporting actress yeah that's all i got and she won it which is yeah good. But, yeah um, um it is weird it wasn't the best picture nomination yeah, Very I wonder weird. is is it a thing of like if they don't want to do it? They don't like, want to do it. But so they gave Hersh Ali like yeah. two in a row. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I um, mean, it just odd. it just feels like someone went. We balance here, guys. <laughs> Both it's sides, really gross. Et Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I've heard in favor of not in favor of explaining Green Book is that like obviously it utterly ignores systemic racism and just kind of goes well both sides and like mm. eh, no not, <laughs> yeah. not the world <laughs> um, yeah so I suppose the only other one that I've seen that you haven't seen is the Miss McCarthy one. Oh yes Can You Forgive Me which I thoroughly enjoyed um, mm-hmm. so that's about Lee Israel who is a real person was a real person she's dead now uh, that was very flippant. Uh, <laughs> she's dead. No. And we're sad about it. <laughs> we, we are. She, probably. Yes. Uh, so she was a sort of failing, floundering writer and then began to kind of fell into uh, fraudulently writing letters and correspondence from famous people and selling them. And eventually the FBI caught up with her and arrested her. And oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Liz McCarthy obviously plays her and... Actually, funny because the Razzies, I think, were last night or oh, this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liz McCarthy Aww. won worst for simultaneously um, Happy Time Murders. Okay. So, yeah, happy yeah. Time, Happy Time, Happy Time. Happy Time. And what was the one we should have got to college again? Life of the Party? Yeah. Like, she won the same award for both of those. Oh, wow. But then also won the, um, the Razzies do some kind of thing where it's like comeback award or something she also won that Jeez. for can't forgive me so she's actually like it balanced out that she got one for like you're great and one for like you're terrible oh okay weird I didn't know wow. they, I didn't know they even had like a, a good award in the Razzies but they do so she won that okay. that's weird. nice I guess it is nice I suppose <laughs> I mean Happy Time it sounded terrible so I'm sure probably not her fault yeah also she's been in some crap like the boss was terrible <laughs> I've heard Tammy's dreadful so yeah okay. she's great in this she's mm. very affable I think it definitely suits her more I guess like her more bridesmaidsy sort of mm-hmm. acerbic mm-hmm. side and I think the way they portray Israel is that if you knew her in real life I'm sure I'd hate her I think she'd be an, an okay. insufferable person to be around <laughs> but she's incredibly fun as a protagonist slash mm, kind of okay. I suppose almost villain of her own movie uh, Richard G. Grant obviously was great um, mm-hmm. if I have one issue with the film it's that it's sort of in keeping with Bohemian Raps actually it very pointedly doesn't address the AIDS elephant in the room, despite oh, it being present. Okay. So Richard G. Grant's character in real life died of AIDS, and near the end of the film, you see him very visibly suffering the effects of it okay. after being in a clinic and stuff. And they never once mention it by name, which wow. is really odd, especially given that the scene yeah. takes place in a gay bar. Oh, jeez. Where there's <laughs> okay. in frame, in focus on the window, a pink triangle with like the science goes death 
uh, in the shot, yet they're not seeing it. I don't know, like, what choice that was. Are they trying in, to kind of... That's wow. <laughs> like, is it intentional or was it an accident? Like, yeah. it can't have been an accident because, like, the, the sticker is so clearly in focus that like, you can read it. Okay. And yet they're just not mentioning what this man yeah. is dying. It's so weird. Did someone think that was clever? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't understand the choice and I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it, but yeah. I'm baffled by it at the same time. Wow. So that's, like, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me. Otherwise, it's, it is a lot of fun. Um... It's it's it is quite an affecting kind of portrait of her because she did seem like she had a very lonely life mm. and like her cat is like her one friend and there's a very kind of tragic bit with that and it's 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 a proper emotional film. Okay. You know? uh, but it's also it is very funny, it's really good fun. And I mm. actually bought the book I haven't read it yet, but I bought the book afterwards to read it because she it just seems like a really fun little tale of mm. debauchery and you know, sickness to the man. Again, once again, capitalism has failed, therefore people <laughs> turn to crime. Even though I think yes. it's baffling that the FBI will get involved in like four letters of famous people. Like, that That's amazing. A bit yeah, much, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely. So that would have been a better winner than yeah. Green Book, but <laughs> alas. Um, yeah. So actually, yeah. So of those eight, what would you have said should have got Best Picture? Um. Mm, yeah. Hang on. Beale Street isn't in them, right? No. Okay. So if Beale Street was there, <laughs> that one. Yes. Yeah. It would be. But um, failing that. <laughs> ooh. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think I would say say the favorite. Yeah, me too. Yeah, probably. like I, I, I'd be quite happy to have seen Black Panther win, but like it's probably sh- that would have been mad, wouldn't it? It would, it would, it would have been great. <laughs> well, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I mean, hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I did hear a good point, which was that um, it's weird that it was, that the thing it probably should have been nominated for was Best Supporting Actor. Black Panther. Yeah. Um, as in for Andy Serkis for Killmonger <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry that's the most important answer <laughs> yeah um, um, so yes uh, actually you know, that, um, that, that would have been good but yeah, I mean it probably shouldn't have won best picture so but I just no. it would have been kind of funny I guess <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really funny yeah, I, yeah. but yeah what do I uh, I think I would say favorite. I, I do think Spider Verse should have been a best fiction nominee, so okay. the best animated nominee. Because yeah, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like there's often overlapping. I think Toy Story is like one of the few examples that uh, made okay. both. Yeah, um, maybe you need like a. Tom in it. I probably need Tom. Um, <laughs> they have a Mahershala. He's, yeah. he's they like him. That's um, true. Yeah, I think Black Panther would have been very funny. Mm. I, I think for the optics, I wouldn't have minded like Black Clansman winning, even though I don't. I didn't love that. I liked mm. it a lot. Again, anything but what won would have been <laughs> even Bohemian Rhapsody probably would have been a better choice. Than <laughs> um, completely forgotten the other film I was going to mention there. But yes, mm. the favorite probably oh Roma. Roma okay. seemed like the obvious one to win. Yeah, for a long it kind of seemed like it was going to. But there you go. But then like you know those little um, Oscar tell-alls that come out every few mm. weeks, and they, the honest ones, and one of them, a few of them were saying like, well, it's very nice looking, but it's very boring. And I was like, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the favorite I. I was looking forward to it for a while anyway because I quite like Jorgis and mm. I love that cast and the trailer was very kind of silly looking mm. and it did not disappoint. Um, I'm kind of impressed all three leads got nominated yeah, and yeah. fairly... I mean, I, I say they're all lead actresses mm. uh, really but if you're going to have to delineate it, yes, lead to Olivia Coleman and then supporting the other two, fine. Mm. Uh, and I think if only one of them could win, the right one won. Because again, yeah. I love Emma Stone. I really like Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz deserves every award you mm. give her. But <laughs> Coleman just yeah. is the light of a human being. And I'm glad she won it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it twice now. Oh, and cool. it's yeah, it's still as funny mm. second time around. And I know there was a joke going around that it's the fishbowl lens is obnoxious. Oh, okay. Even though it's in like maybe three shots in total. I don't know why people brought it up so much. but Yeah. I, was, it, was it sort of because it, was, it wasn't there so a lot? So it was sort of odd when it did pop up? I guess so, but... 
See, I spotted it in one shot the first time around, and then okay. the jokes are, and I assumed it was just in every shot, and I just wasn't noticing it. Uh, but okay. it's only literally in Yeah, no, it's, it is shots. only, yeah. Mm. And it does seem to be trying to to indicate something about, like, a change in point of view or something. Like, I no, think there is yeah. some, like, I don't know what it is, but it, it did feel like they were trying to do some, maybe, some sort of fourth wall breaking thing. That seems very possible, yeah. Um, um, I do think the ending on the first viewing kind of threw me, like, I sort of got it, but also that's mm-hmm. a weird place and but actually it's quite fitting hmm. in hindsight and the film also has what is to my mind probably the best rape joke in any film in several years uh do you recall it when emma Not stone's now, in but... bed and your man comes in and she goes are you here to, oh yes is it seduce me or rape me and he goes i'm a gentleman because rape it is just lies <laughs> yeah. down fantastic yeah that's yeah, how that's you fair. do a good rape joke guys <laughs> where the onus is not on the victim very but on the true yes anyway very good joke uh yeah I, i'm still shocked that it got the sort of mainstream attraction that it did mm. and then it's, like, it's very offbeat like it's it is a period drama ostensibly but it's also like an absolute farce but it's mm. also a very dirty farce like it's mm-hmm. yeah again like female sexuality so rarely gets talked about. what was that film we were talking about oh last year with Shape of Water oh yeah where yeah. also <laughs> that sort of did it too and I was like it's, it's all the because especially American audiences and American um, institutions uh, are so notoriously uh, afraid of female sexuality yeah, that a yeah. film that's so overtly used like this one does yeah. is all that it's gotten all this praise I'm glad like yeah, it's great can, but it's so strange can, this is probably probably a little bit over or exaggerating to say so but can we, could we say like female sexuality was the winner of this <laughs> I mean of you can Oscars? say that um, okay um, so- soundbite there <laughs> I'll, I'll retweet that I'm not going to say it myself I feel like I can't but um <laughs> uh, yeah actually it's, it's funny um yeah, someone someone brought up a great point, which is, I, I suppose, yeah, it, like I suppose the ending is so like odd that it's it is hard to kind of figure out what's happening maybe at first, but, but kind of people were pointing out like, well, f- first of all, like yay, not you know none of the lesbian or queer characters died, yay, and other people being like that's good but isn't it weird that that's such a low bar that literally yeah, yeah. death <laughs> like <laughs> no, it is a low die? bar no one's saying it's not a low bar <laughs> yeah. but the low bar was still just about yeah. leftovers yeah so. that's it and, <laughs> but uh, yeah you know it's a, surviving till the end of the film I suppose is something mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's something for the for the straights as well because <laughs> they end up in a, in a loveless marriage of yes. sorts where no one's happy that's and they're it. stuck together yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah, everyone can be as unhappy as the straights. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it, I, I, his career is an odd one because I, I did like The Lobster an awful lot. Mm. Killing of a Sacred Deer, I wasn't as hot on. Just because it's, mm. Have you seen that? I watched it actually, you, yeah, yeah, just like last month. It's an I, odd film. Yeah. I watched it on my birthday with my family. It was not a good plan. <laughs> That's not a family film. No. Least um, of all the subject matter, but also just not a fun yeah, watch it's, no. it's a deeply it's just a stifling film it's so awkward and yeah I don't know if it's meant to be the real world or some like alternate Yorgos yeah. world where everyone talks like that yeah and actually yeah funny my my dad had a very good point which was like that he because from seeing that the trailer for the favorite he was sort of like okay so th- those characters speak very strangely because they live in a very strange oppressed society where they haven't mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. grown up in a in a normal way, I guess, but there's there isn't really that excuse for the for no. killing of a sacred deer at all. That is just the world that yeah yeah. And I mean, I think it works for the lobster, like yes, it, I, again, like. So. But yeah, I don't know. Like, because uh, the lobster sets up its own rules, whereby there is this 
technology that makes you into animals. So it already yeah. kind of it diverges <laughs> yeah. from our world anyway. So it's it's pointedly not our universe, yeah. and it's fine. Whereas Sacred Deer just ostensibly could be the real world, apart from the the curse yeah. fairy tale aspect, which isn't even necessarily that dwelt upon like it's sort of yeah obviously they all just they all die from it inexplicably but it's never made to seem magical even though it has to be for it to work yeah. on a structural level yeah uh, mm. although i mean like they don't actually die right oh sorry well yeah yeah so i mean potentially <laughs> they get paralyzed it, yeah. yeah i mean it, it is very unlikely that they wouldn't not die but there, there's still i suppose that element of maybe that he was lying all along. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> He's um, probably not, though, because he did somehow make them all paralysed. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I do still remember just that. This is massively off topic. Uh, the bit near the end when Colin Farrell's like spinning around with the gun blindfolded. Oh, Jesus. Just, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it's that so is actually so horrible, funny. Yeah, really yeah. Funny. Um, yeah, actually, uh, like, I thought Barry Keoghan was, I found him so funny. Like, yeah. it, I think, I, I think I just had to laugh because otherwise I would be, like, terrified. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a weird <laughs> line. Because uh, I, I haven't seen Dogtooth, but as far as I know, Dogtooth's sort of a okay. similar tone. Whereas, yeah, like, the lobster and the favourite are just so, like, they're just bits of darkness to them for sure. But they are definitely more farcical and whimsical than yeah, and, and it's creepy and weird. That's but. it. And, like, I mean... I'm not so sure maybe in the lobster but definitely like the, in the favourite I mean there there's a lot of love going on mm, it's really mm-hmm. weird and not like happy love but like there is genuine like connection Affection and, and yeah. yeah I quite like that little speech Rachel Weisz gives where she's yeah like, if you, you'll look like a badger someday and I'll tell you that like that's that's true love yeah, that's, yeah all right, that's like fucked up but <laughs> you're, you're right yeah definitely um mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose you were saying earlier, like, why did it get the sort of mainstream attention it did? I guess, I mean, I th- I suppose one thing is that it is still ostensibly period drama about, That's like, thing. Yeah. British characters. Which, as we know, always wins in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know if, if that had a, had an appeal. And I think, I've, I found as well, actually, that the fact that they did, like, they did drop this sort of stiltedness of the dialogue kind of quickly mm. I found uh, so I, I, I don't know whether right. it was just like kind of veering towards not being normal but more normal than his than his usual stuff I suppose well, yeah, the, you're right the opening scenes definitely have a much more uh, quote unquote like period feel to them and then mm. it quickly just becomes it's everyone's still talking in a sort of faux almost not quite Shakespearean but like a faux yoldy speak anyway mm. but it is definitely lessened by yeah. the half an hour mark mm-hmm. um, yeah that's on top of that I suppose that's true mm. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely yeah, thought it was an enjoyable film. Thoroughly. Yeah. And it didn't win. No. <laughs> well, it won something. I yeah, yeah. It's just it couldn't stop the tide of the, uh, no. the Green Book. I think what was the final tally? Was it four for Premium Rhapsody, three for Black Panther, and uh, then like one or two for that, I think? Okay. I mean, I suppose Black Panther did come second yeah, in overall that's... tally, which is weird as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah, the one other Oscar that I was annoyed about was visual effects because First Man won it, and maybe the first, maybe they were very good in the First Man. I didn't see it. Okay, but I think Ooh, Infinity I War should have won that. Like that Thanos mm. design and model was like incredible looking. That looked so much like a real person compared to even like Steppenwolf or like Tarkin and Rogue One. Mm. Like I believed Thanos was a real okay. living thing. Like that was a just excellent job of visual effects mm. and like performance and just Roland's part but mainly just the visual effects and yes it didn't win yeah I don't know I'm sure space looks lovely but <laughs> that's wrong 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, any any final thoughts? Should we try and find a way to loop this back around itself or create like branching mm. timelines, keep the theme going? <laughs> yes, or perform a, a heist or do or both at once. Just, you know, go and find our mommies. <laughs> <laughs> I miss her. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah, so on that note, find your mommy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Don't kill her or anyone else. <laughs> at least not in the pursuit of some kind of genius um, work of art. Yes. If you're a man, if you're a woman, it's fine. You'll get on. Yeah. You, you'll make amends if you grant them. All right. So thanks for listening. Yes. Um, see you next time. Bye. Find your mommy. <laughs>